Welcome to Sweet Be the Country one more time. I can't call these guys the Three Musketeers, Jimmy, but they're, these three guys have sure left an imprint uh, on the world of entertainment. They sure have, and uh, they, they're three big personalities, but when they're not on mic yep. or on camera, they're really very shy and quiet. Interesting. And often prefer to be alone. If okay. you want to know the truth. Wow. Uh, they're very, you know, they open up when it's time to cut the camera on or do a scene or whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. The first one we're going to do is, is he the most famous radio guy? Certainly the highest paid uh, radio guy. He, ever. I'll tell you what, he's right up there with Rush Limbaugh to me, but totally different style. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rush Limbaugh was pretty doggone famous, but the thing with, uh, with this guy, Howard Stern, Oof. is that I mean, Rush was never in a movie, and Howard did a movie called Private Parts that was excellent. It was. And, uh, and I've, you know, I I enjoy his interviews when he does them mm-hmm. on Sirius XM. I enjoy the show. Sometimes it gets a little far out for me with the sex talk and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he can get raunchy. It, yeah, no doubt. They get raunchy, and, and not as much as they used to, but and I appreciate his I appreciate his talent yeah. is what I'll say about that. I agree. I agree. And we did this interview for the movie Private Parts. And you know, he wrote a couple of books. Miss America, I believe, was one of them without looking at notes. Uh he just is a fascinating guy, you know, picked on in New York yeah. when he was a kid, raised in Jackson Heights in Queens. Uh his father just recently passed away. Uh he was an audio engineer and and that's where I think he got the bug. Uh he was a radio engineer at WHOM in Manhattan, co-owner and operator of Aura Recording, Manhattan Recording Studio, where cartoons and commercials were cut. Yeah. And so a lot of famous people came through there. Howard watched, and, you know, he is he is a, just a, a very complex character. And recently, you might, and he's coming up very soon, if he hasn't been already, on HBO with uh, Bruce Springsteen. Really? He did an interview with him, but it was so good. And they now, you know, they record all these things with multiple cameras. It was so good that I guess Bruce and Howard got with HBO and they, they put it on. They put that interview on HBO Max. Wow. So that's interesting. be looking for that if you haven't seen it already. Howard Allen Stern. We were doing publicity at the time for the movie Proward. Private parts. Got hell of a movie here. I told, Thank we, you. We had a big talk about that today. I said, you know, it's just. It, I mean, if you don't know anything about you and anything else, it just is a good movie. Yeah, and you it's know, a good that, love story. It's it's anything but what you think this is going to be. Right, and and that, that's why I couldn't. <laughs> and I, mean, I praised him about the script. I said, this is comparative to the, to the movie. Uh, Hard Day's Night in that Alan Owens got an Oscar nomination for that script because it was a good script. It was a good story about this. It's funny you say that because that was one of the um, things that it was based on. Uh, someone had said early on, wouldn't it be great if we hit the tone of A Hard Day's Night? It's, it's funny that you said that. And, and another person said, to me, this has been a magical day for me because I think the press is your toughest audience. Most of the people walk in not wanting to like the film or are skeptical when it comes to me. And every person, every person has walked in and said, uh, I love this film. Because well, Betty Thomas did a brilliant job. Geez. The screenwriter did a brilliant job. Yes. And then the people weren't, uh, you all you guys, even Fred, looks like he's a schooled actor. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you something. Betty was amazing to me. I, I'm someone who's on the radio every day. I work spontaneously. I like to get in front of the microphone. I got onto that set the first day. And I must tell you, I was like, Betty, get five cameras in there. Because I, 
I can't follow a script. I don't want to memorize anything. It's just I'm going to work spontaneously. And, I, and she goes, oh, hold it, Junior. You slow down. Let's talk about what we're doing here. We're making a film. And uh, she really had to show me the ropes. And um, she made it enjoyable for me and relaxed me and calmed me down. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that I, I can attribute it. If people have said they like my performance, I attribute it all to her. Some great lines in this movie, several. But... Uh, he's racist, he's sexist, he's a pig. But listen a while and you get to know him and you like him. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's the story of my life. And, and you know what? Um, even for audiences that don't know me from the radio, maybe have heard something about me. They said, hey, some gross guy who says uh, dirty words on the air or something like this. Mm -hmm. I think that I've been around for 20 years now because I, I, I've been a little bit more than that. I, I've made people laugh. And uh, certainly, I wanted to show them the bits that I did on the radio, but I wanted to show them my evolution. Because to me, it always felt like a Rocky story. Mm -hmm. I always felt like, here was a guy who was attacked by his father, called a moron and stuff, out of love in a way, because he, mm -hmm. he just kind of felt like he was worried about me. I, I was a little odd. <clears throat> and he, sa he said, to, you know, you're an idiot, you're a moron. And then I go on the radio, and I was horrible at it. I was awful. And then, and then as I do this radio thing, and this show evolves, and I, and I start to get some confidence, you got all, there's such consequences. You get on the air and you do lesbian mm -hmm. dating game, and uh, you're dragged into a general manager's office. He tells you 50% of your advertisers are gone. And, and now you've got to somehow deal with this guy in a rational, business-like fashion and hold on to your job. But, Howard, I may not hold on to my job after this. I like the movie, okay? I'm not yeah. doing it to stroke you. I really think it's a good movie. Thank you. But I think they're going to put me in a straitjacket and take me away. He said, you like Howard Stern. You're gonna, you know, some women are going to think you're, I'm crazy. Well, that's the, that's the marketing problem here. There are people who are going to go, yeah, I'm hearing it's a good movie and stuff, but how could it be good? How could I possibly like it? I know if I get them in the theater, they're going to like it. Right. Uh, it is a love story as well. It absolutely. Pe Allison's a saint, obviously. People have said to me for saint years. Saint Allison. Yeah. Well, people have said to me for years, what kind of woman would marry Howard Stern? You know, and it's a good question because there is betrayal there in a sense that I I do talk about her miscarriage on the air. I talk about our personal life, and she doesn't like but it. But it's true that she's mad at you about 300 days a year. Uh, she does get angry with me. Yeah, I would say that. But I think when you walk out of the theater, you understand why she loves me also. I think that you see that there's a friendship there and there's, there's uh, compassion for one another as well. When we're alone and we have our mm -hmm. private moments together, it's, it, it's humorous between us. All right, there's this lady here. She's uh -oh. a Grammy-nominated, million-selling single, okay. Strawberry Wine, Dina Carter. Yes. Her big dream is to do the Howard Stern Show. You're kidding me. I swear, she's gone to the press and said it and shocked a bunch of people in country music. No kidding. But she wants to do the Howard Stern Show. First of all, do you know I'm on a country radio station? I added my first country radio station a couple of months ago. Don't ask me where it is. I can't even remember, but I'm on a country radio station. So what are you saying? That I should have her on the show? I'm saying that, you tell me, is she, is she your type? Uh, yes, she is my type. Yes, I, I would have her on the show. I'm not sure she has to sing anything, though. No, she doesn't. She's, <laughs> actually, she's pretty pop. I mean, this goes on and on and on. Look at this girl here. Let me see. I'm selling you, Dina. I'm, I'm giving wow, you my time you, must, here. I, you have something going with this, Dina? I like Dina? this girl. Well, she shares the last name of me. But Oh, really? Is that yeah, true? She's Carter. Is this, I'm a Carter. It, it, you know, we're both Carters. But is this your wife? No, no, no. I wish she was. She said you're having here. a lot of fun. Well, you obviously want to make her your wife or something. No, she's Wait, married. I mean, I'm just doing this because I'm a hell of a guy. I'm are nice you a fan girl. of hers? I'm a fan of hers, yes. All right, I'd have her on. Sure, why not? I'll tell her. I'll she tell her. Call a... Baba Booey. You know, is that I... true? Okay, yeah. tell her, yeah. Tell her not to lose the number. A New York Times best-selling author. I know he's very proud of that. Each yeah. one of his books sold over a million copies. But that movie, I think most people thought he had a lot of talent. He didn't, you know, he's... He never, I, he never, he, I don't know, I just, he's a complex person. Yeah. I wish he had done a couple of more movies, but this was, the, this was a great one. It was, and, uh, and I thought, I think a lot of people didn't see it because during the time before he released the movie, he had been 
on kind of a run with radio stations and vulgarity and things like that. And people yeah. are anti Howard Stern, right? But if you can get past that, if, you, if you've got some kind of mental block there and just watch the movie, it is really good. It shows his whole story and it gave me a new appreciation for what he's accomplished over the years. Was he the original? He wasn't the original shock jock. I guess I must might have Maybe, been before yeah. him. Yeah. But Howard was certainly the, the razor blade of shock jocks Indeed. and everybody was trying to be Howard Stern yeah. and uh, they never, nobody accomplished even close to being Howard Stern. No, in fact, and he is a, he is a one of a kind. He, uh, you know, he's made a fortune living on long Island has a home, I think in West Palm and who knows about the rest of it has a place in Manhattan. He's done great for himself. Uh, he's been scared to death of COVID. Yeah, you know, he, he, has. He, did, he did all his radio shows from his house. That's and, right. Yeah. And the radio staff, they become stars themselves. Yeah. And uh, Robin is a they huge made star. a fortune, Baba Booey and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Fred and everybody. So anyway, very complex, rare interview that's not on Letterman or something like very, that with Howard. Very Stern. rare. Now, this next guy I've interviewed for a number of movies. I really, really enjoy uh sitting with him. I've had some different different moods with him. This one in particular, we had a great time. It was a movie called A Simple Plan that I don't frankly remember much about, but I remember us talking uh, this time. He's talking about how in his earliest memories, he wanted to be Elvis. What? Billy Bob Thornton. I understand that you're not a big flyer. Not a real big You don't one, like no. to fly? You, you will fly? I will. But it's not your favorite thing? What, what are you scared of? It's going to fall? Yeah. Flying, I'm fine with. It's falling, I'm I'm not fine. Driving enough. in Arkansas yeah. is much worse than driving. I mean, than, you know, than driving around Arkansas. I mean, hey, wait a minute, Mr. Nashville, are you dissing my homeland? <laughs> hey, we've got the worst drivers <laughs> in the world in Nashville, <laughs> no. Tennessee. We'll put. I drove in Manhattan the other day, and it wasn't as bad as driving any time in Nashville. Oh, so no, no, Little Rock can get pretty Little Rock's strange. Pretty nice it can get that way. Yeah. In this chair, mm-hmm. not that many years ago, sat a guy who is now governor of Minnesota. Could I be talking to you today and you could be Billy Bob Thornton, governor of Arkansas in a few years? Would you run? Ha, ha. Uh, no. I would never. I would afraid never. Ken Starr might investigate you? Yes. No. <laughs> and all that no, stuff I, that would come out would be bad, wouldn't it? Oh, nah. I've got good stuff. Oh, but God. no, I, actually, I wouldn't. I would never be interested in politics. I would be horrible at it. First of all, I'm not very smart. You know? Don't you have to be smart? No. Oh. <laughs> Look at the people that maybe are there. I can, maybe I can do it then. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think I'll ever be a politician. That's that's kind of another form of show business, though, don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Big time. No question about it. Probably more scandalous than show business. You know, this character you play, as you see him over there over your shoulder, we can get him a date. He needs contacts. He needs mm-hmm. to get a haircut. Yes, he does. And he needs something done with his teeth. I think I think we'd start with the teeth. I think get the teeth taken care of, you know, the haircut's easy. Yeah. Maybe a little yeller. Aren't they? Uh, did you create this guy? I mean, or did they do that for you? Or is this a Billy Bob Thornton creation? Oh yeah, I just yeah, I come you up came with to the it. show one day. Okay, here's your well, character. Well, I don't just you know put the stuff on myself, but I go in there and say, here's what I want, and then they they come up with it, and boy oh boy, he's homely, isn't he? He's a bit homely, but but isn't he sweet? He is sweet. You feel uh, you feel sorry for him? Yeah. And uh, he's a very humble guy, much like yourself. Oh, thank you. Mm. Do you remember back when you were the first time you ever really wanted to get in front of a camera or be on stage or something? You remember that first inkling you wanted to do that? Yeah, I really do. I was really young. My earliest memories are of wanting to be Elvis Presley. 
That's where you, you thought you were going to go into music? That's where your sure heart was? That's what I thought I was going to do. I had a, you know those things that elephants put their foot on in mm -hmm. the circus? Yeah, that's one foot, you know, whatever it is, look like a drum, kind of mm -hmm. like that. I had one of those, a toy one when I was a kid, and a Roy Rogers guitar, and I used to stand on that thing. I can't say a bad word on your show, can I? Um, <laughs> uh, do you bleep things? Yes, I will. Excellent. So I was standing on this elephant riser thing that I had, and the Roy Rogers guitar, I was two and a half or something like that, with my hair butch waxed straight up, and I made up my own song. It was the first thing I ever created. It was a, con a song called Cat Shit on a Rat Box. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know where that line came from. Did you copyright that? Did you try to publish it later? Never did. Well, it's a good did. song. It could be played now. That's right. It's a little premature, probably, in the 50s <laughs> to do that. It's, what was interesting to you about it? Was it the fact that people were yelling at him, and they thought he was cool? Or the thought that you could look cool and look at me? Or what was it that you wanted to do? It just looked like fun, you know. He looked like he was having a good time. Plus, I always wanted to be a lot of different things, you know. And, and Elvis was everything. You know, he got to be a crop duster. He'd be singing in a crop dusting plane. I thought, wow, that's cool. You know, there's a girl riding down the road in a uh, convertible car waving at him, and he's in a crop duster singing to her. Shit, why wouldn't you want to do that? <laughs> I <totally laughs> you know? agree. It's a, it's a great life. <laughs> you know, land the plane, go off with her, and then you become like a helicopter pilot because her daddy's rich or whatever. You know, that's great. I say, I look a little bit, but I work all day. And okay. That's right. Everybody remembers him from Sling Blade. You know, <laughs> you know all I reckon, that stuff. Yeah. We've been through. He was great as the head of NASA in Armageddon. Yeah, he's uh, he a was good in actor. so many movies. So many movies. That movie that we were there was 1998, A Simple Plan, which was a crime drama. It earned his third it. Oscar nomination. He won an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay and was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actor in Sling Blade, 1996. And, Jimmy, he's still going. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's still Goliath. going. Goliath. Goliath is the – was Amazon? Is that what that's on? I think so. And yeah. he's just a great actor. Uh, he's a fun musician. The Box Cutters, Indeed. I think, is the name of his group. And I enjoyed. I went and saw them one night. I mean, I was thrilled. They're good. We went to a. Uh, he was. He loved really old timey traditional country. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy named Leuven, Charlie Leuven. Oh yeah. And he was doing a book signing one day, and he was like really, I mean, so country, woo, in country. Oh yeah. And Billy Bob knew all about him being from Arkansas. And uh, he wanted to go, so we went to a record signing, and I was there with him. And it was just fun watching him just adore Charlie Leuven. And uh, I think Charlie Leuven was pretty thrilled that an Oscar winner yeah. was pretty thrilled about him. Now, this next guy, we have a lot of interviews with him. This is just one of them that I picked out because it was fun. Okay. Dustin Hoffman from 1998. Of course, he is a – God, let's see. He's won two Academy Awards, six Golden Globes. Four BAFTAs, which is British, three Drama Desk Awards, two Emmy Awards, uh, and all and, the and Jimmy, and Kennedy what, Center honors and everything else. Wasn't one of the awards for playing a woman in Tootsie? Tootsie. <laughs> and then, of course, Rain <laughs> Man. Oh, yeah. That Rain was Man. Another you know, good one. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I've always enjoyed Dustin Hoffman's company, and here's a fun interview with him. I thought you wanted Word associations some... here. Oh, you Beach want... or mountain for vacation? Beach. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Oldies or classical music? Classical. Blackjack or roulette? Blackjack. Green Bay or Denver? Which one did you pick? Denver. Uh, Elway. I'm old. I'm Underdog. Elway. I'm, I'm Elway never Blondes or brunettes? Uh, this really doesn't matter. And if, you were <laughs> and if you were stranded on a desert island with one of these three people, which one would you choose? Both. Robert Redford, Tom <laughs> Cruise, or Warren Beatty? 
If you had to be stuck for like this two weeks. This is the weeks, 90s. <laughs> if you had to get stuck with these guys, which one? Robert Redford, Tom Cruise, or Warren Beatty? For an indefinite period of time. Indefinite period of time. This is taking a long time to answer this question. Well, I'm heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I, got um, I, know, I know them well. Uh, I can't answer it I can't, because it, I, it's going to get back to the two I don't pick, and their feelings will be so hurt. <laughs> okay. You have fears. like I, Snakes give me the willies pretty much. I don't like right. them too much. I, I don't know. think about drowning too often, but I do think about it right. going in the water. Do you have fears? I'm not a good swimmer, so yeah, I, I've been. I, I've had a couple near problematic moments uh, in the ocean where I thought I wouldn't get back. So yeah, I retain a fear of that. Snakes don't bother me one bit. <laughs> I guess I'm a southern boy, and I oh, used to see oh, the, the water oh, moccasins. Oh, I see. We used to hear about people falling in beds of water moccasins and eating and beating. Oh. So that always gave me the willies. No, Sharks scare a lot of people in the water. Right. Doesn't right. bother you. I've never seen one in the water. I think it would give me pause if I did. I heard in this movie you're kind of like an Arnold Schwarzenegger guy. You do these one-arm push-ups, and are you kind of a, I didn't know you were an athlete, really. I knew you were a runner, maybe. Yes, I've, I've been an athlete all my life. I, I'm uh, basically an athlete. You're a jockey kind of guy. Yes, I'm a jock. It's, it's, it's one of the things I keep in the closet. Broadway jock. Yes, off-Broadway. Off-Broadway jock. jock. When you're involved in something like an Oscar race, is that kind of a goofy time if you're nominated for that? No, goofy? No, mm -hmm. it's a much goofier when you're not nominated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then you really get goofy. <laughs> but you get nervous, so you get, you know, you feel like you have to do the right thing during that period, you know, say hello, be a little extra nice during the voting period, or you hide, or what? Well, no, there's, I mean, there's 90,000, I don't even know. I, I know in the Screen Actors Guild, uh, we, I just got nominated, and there's, 90,000 members in the Screen Actors Guild. In the Oscars, I think it's everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, if I get nominated this year for an Oscar, I'll feel, uh, I will feel fairly confident that I'm not going to win, so I think it, it'll be a little easier time for me. Hmm. Uh, both Jim Sheridan, who directed The Boxer, and I remarked when we went to the Golden Globes, we said it's the first time we enjoyed it. We, he said, yeah, it's wonderful there. He says, he says, you know, I knew I wasn't going to win, so I could just watch the room, <laughs> you know. And I, could, I knew I wasn't going to win. I knew I didn't have to worry about a speech, so I could drink my vodkas, and just, it was one of the best movies I've ever seen. Well, back to the days of, you know, we're talking about, about struggling actors once before. Do you ever have fears that, you know, you're going to wake up someday and be poor? Because I'm sure you had those days when you woke up in New York when you didn't have any money, and that probably freaked you out. No, I never did. I never, I never, I've never gone without any money. Uh, I hung out with Gene Hackman and we were both unemployed or unemployed as actors. I worked as a waiter and he, he was moving furniture up and down six floor walk-ups with refrigerators on his back. But the big difference, and Bob Duvall was working midnight shifts in the post office, we all hung out together. Gene Hackman, however, was married and had a child. It was a very different situation. You really don't starve in this country. Uh, you know, you, you, I mean, ask an unemployed actor. I mean, if we, in those days, we'd work a certain number of weeks and we would earn the right to collect unemployment, mm. which was, at that time, the maximum was about $45 a week. You can live on $45. We could live very, very easily, unless you have a family. Then, yes, you can starve. But, but Dustin always survives. Huh? You always survive. Well, yeah, you can eat. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, he's Man. a character and uh, just great actor, legendary roles. Yeah. I know that when we were doing interviews, had a, 
I think we were sometimes doing them in the fall. And boy, he had one eye on the TV screen. I've had that happen to me on really? many interviews where they keep like Martin Sheen was watching Notre Dame because he's a big Catholic <laughs> and he loves Notre Dame. I and then it. Dustin Hoffman, I think, was betting. So he was got his eye, you know, oh, yeah. on the screen while somebody was playing football. Oh, so, I love it. Anyway, just a fun guy. We'll do some more Dustin Hoffman interviews at some other time of the vault, but I wanted to to do that one from 1998. All good stuff. Another great edition of uh, The Vault on Sweeping the Country. Until next week when we do it all again, I'm Derek Walker. He is... I'm Jimmy Carter. Good day. Good day. <laughs>